If you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat, if you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck, or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket, and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. I don't know why it's so low. Okay, maybe. Okay, I think that's fine now. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> that took 30 <laughs> seconds to figure that out. Hi, friend. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. How's your week been? Same as just about anything. Things yeah. are opening up. I know, it's so exciting. Kevin and I go for our second shots on Tuesday. Ooh, do Double. you... Do you have an appointment for anything like a hair appointment? No, or... not yet. No, no. I'm sure maybe like maybe next week my hairdresser might message me and be like, hey, do you want to book something? And Your then... hair is like full back even today. It's so long. It's like you it's... like have to wear it. It's... it's like an updo almost. I can like put it in a very, very, very tiny ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That's long for you. That's long for me. Yes. Yeah. Usually I have it a lot shorter. Yeah. So how's your week been? The kids are done school. Yeah, so just, it was kind of sad. It's like bittersweet because I felt like he just got ripped out of his, ripped off with his first year of school. But, yeah. Yeah. He's got next year. It's kindergarten. Yeah, but he, um, I was just telling you guys, he started baseball today, his first practice or whatever, like ever of all sports because he missed out on the age group. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to like just a summer filled of normal-ish stuff and stuff that can like stimulate my child. Yeah. My yeah. kids don't do summer sports. Just winter. Nick just does hockey. And hopefully they'll be able to. He'll be able to. Yes, that is the hope. The I'm sure that they will be able to. Yeah. I mean, vaccination rates are kind of going up and I think it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. We'll be fine. It'll be fine. Remember when I said like, you're like, how long do you think we'll be hearing about COVID? And I was like, two months. <laughs> that was four months ago, five months ago. Forever. Forever. No, I think in the fall, they might, masks might not be mandatory if we're at certain vaccine levels or whatever. That'd be nice. You yeah. got me a tea and I have the tea sweats again. I think I had the tea sets last time, too. <laughs> you barely had. You did because I was just listening to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? I like that you listened yeah. to it after I know. I posted it. I know. I was supposed to approve it prior to, but no. Um, Sometimes I try to get Mike to listen because mm -hmm. he's kind of interested. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Does he like our witty banter? Yeah. He likes it. He's He thinks that some of the other stuff I listen to can be really annoying. So he's like, you guys are like... You're not, you're only half as annoying as the other one. Well, that's good. Yeah. We're only half annoying. Yeah. Like he's like, I can handle <laughs> listening to you. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's Sinisterhood that he likes too. One of them that where they're. I like Sinisterhood. Where they're like just a little more. Yeah. To the point, but. But I like them because they like, they tell a good story and they mm -hmm. only break the story like to just interject. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. Mike likes, I think that's the one he likes too, where he's like, these ones are, this one's not so annoying. You can put one of those on or whatever. Yeah good he likes dark poutine i have a love-hate relationship with that one do you sometimes i like it and sometimes i don't it's so serious i think that's what it is yeah yeah i don't know well anyway i'm sarah and i'm megan and this is it happened to a friend of a friend yay and how are you friend uh good all right we, we already did our i know <laughs> but i just wanted because we did friends so i just wanted to friend. Hi, friend how are the hunbots out there i think that they're good yeah, me too. I mean, they don't really message us. They really don't. Message us. Why aren't you messaging us? I know. Just send us like memes. Make us laugh. Other podcasts make it sound like you get email all the time. I know. I know. But then you get bad in with the good, which I don't I care guess. if we get bad either because I just, I don't know. I would just ignore it. I don't care it. that much. I don't care. 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't like it, why are you listening to it? That's exactly. That's what I have to say. Unless it's constructive, I guess. But yeah, I hope our hunbots out there are doing are doing good, hanging in there, mm-hmm. getting vaxxed or not. It's up to your choice. We don't get political on this. I guess we're not on getting here. political <laughs> as so. per last episode. But I mean, if you want to go to the Americas, if they're going to ask for a vaccination passport thingy, that's true. I mean, I want to eventually go back to Target. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what does it for you <laughs> yeah i eventually want to get back to target so i will get my vaccinations yeah fair <laughs> are you going first or am i going first i forget um I think you... me yeah it is me i believe I so think i went first last time so okay. are you ready i'm i'm so ready to go are you set i am set okay if i had a gun i would shoot it and go bang go pow. okay pow, that's, pow, pow, pow. that's very pertinent to my story kind of Ooh, okay, um so i'm gonna talk about christina scarbeck i already told you kind of who that was but I'm gonna just go right into it you sent me the name but I have no idea who this person is so okay I'm, I'm excited to find out okay so she was a beautiful and elegant socialite who not only briefly dated Ian Fleming but was the inspiration for the double agent Vesper Lind in Casino Royale Ooh. basically she was the first and original Bond girl Ooh, I like it but IRL oh I just winked that's, at you that's, no one can that's see. in real life yeah <laughs> For those over 35 listening. <laughs> I don't Yeah, my dad probably wouldn't know what IR. Well, he might. I don't know. My dad doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, I like my, how like, you played it like he actually listens, but he doesn't. My dad doesn't listen to my other podcast either, but he no. was on it for our Father's Day one. I know. That's really nice. Um, I didn't listen, but I've listened. I listened to like every third episode you do, but you have a lot to go back to. Yeah, we have a, we have a big yeah. back catalog. Um, for those who don't know, Sarah also has another podcast. Don't make me use my mom voice. Listen to it. It's fun. <laughs> it's good. So she was born in 1908. And it's funny because her passport and like her, some of her documentation says later on, but officially like it's 1908. And she was born like near Warsaw, Poland, but eventually they moved to Warsaw. Um, and she was born to wealthy upper class bank official, Count Jerski Scarbeck and beautiful and wealthy Stephanie Goldfelder. It says Jewish born everywhere when they mention her mom. And I think the only reason they do that is because it was during um, Nazi, like her, she lived and worked during right, um, yeah. the Nazi regime. So it is kind of important, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> well, because I don't understand why people have to like put things like Jewish born, like why that would matter ordinarily, right? Like. I think maybe because then people who maybe are Jewish, they can identify with the person and be like, oh, they're the same as me. Mm-hmm. You know? And it is important know. kind of later on in the story. So anyways, she had um, that like upper class upbringing. So she was kind of like an it girl, okay. kind of like a socialite, part of the aristocracy. She was like the Paris Hilton of her time. Yes. Okay. Um, and she even entered a beauty pageant at one point. Did she win? She came in, I believe, sixth place, one of them Hey, said. that's better than I would come in. Yeah. And I mean... Warsaw was a big town, so who knows? And in 1932, her father died, and their financial empire had pretty much collapsed. And the then 20-year-old Christina started a job at a car dealership. Um, however, the fumes caused shadows on her lungs and, like, a deep cough. And they didn't really know what it was, but they were like, okay, the best thing for you is to get lots of fresh air. So she took her workers' compensation and started a life outdoors, including hiking and skiing. Yeah. 
very I know like it's such a terrible yeah outdoorsy. hiking and skiing oh my god oh I can't work anymore I just hike and ski <laughs> um it's that's important because she started to feel the need for like danger and adventure and so she would smuggle cigarettes into the country via the Tatra mountains Ooh. Um, which is kind of also important for one of her missions later on she had a brief and unsuccessful marriage to a man named Gusta Gedlich. I don't know. I wasn't even going to put their names in because we don't care that much. I like that you just gave up Yeah, trying to pronounce that. <laughs> you just trailed off. Because it doesn't really, his name doesn't really <laughs> matter and you're not going to remember him. Okay. Um, but her second husband, whose name I didn't even insert, was a better match than her first. He also want, like wanted adventure and danger. And so they were married and his job led the couple to leave Poland for Ethiopia. Ethiopia. While in Ethiopia, that's where they were when the Germans invaded Poland. Okay. Which was around 1938. And this was World War II. <laughs> yes. Just because I needed a correction one time. When that happened, they left for London um, because they felt like it was important. They wanted to get involved and to help wherever they could. And basically, uh, Christina wanted to be a spy. Okay. Yeah. So. That would be fun. Yeah. She, like, with, like, just how she felt, like, restless and adventurous, that it seemed like a great idea for her. And she volunteered and was, like, very insistent. And she actually brought her own, (laughs) her own, like, plan Oh, I just quoted. Okay. Um, they can't see that. But, no, this um, is a podcast. It's not I know. video. She brought her own plan for spying, basically. And being that she could speak French, Polish, and English, and because she had a, no- a great knowledge of like Poland and the surroundings, for example, from running cigarettes in and out of the country. Love it. They agreed, which made her the first female agent in the British intelligence. That's amazing. Yeah. And in she was very charming as well. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, like she had it, whatever it was. And it was actually her abilities that had them like interested in recruiting more female agents. So she really kind oh. of like opened the door for do you a think, lot of the female agents. Do you think she's the one that the character of Black Widow is based off of in the Marvel movies? Like Scarlett Johansson's character? I don't know. I want to watch that Black do, Widow. Right? I know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I think that a lot of characters are based off of her and there are lots of stories published about some of her missions and stuff like that. And I think that like there are quite a few things that have been taken from her. She really set yeah. she really set the precedence for female spies. Sounds like it. But when we were doing the Russian episode, so which mm-hmm. took place the Romanovs. In, the Romanovs, which yes. took place well before this, there were female spies kind of around there too. This was the first time where like for an agency right. there was a female spy. Wow, lots of hand movements today. That's my Italians really coming out. It's like too much caffeine. <laughs> like that like, went right to me. Yeah. So her plan with her plan, she would go to Budapest where it was relatively peaceful, peaceful at the time because they were um, in alliance with the Nazis, <laughs> but not like haven't fully gone over basically. Right. If that makes sense. So what she would do is she would go there and she would print propaganda and then ski into Poland. Oh, I like that she skied. Yeah. So she would, so the hiking and skiing really kind of helped her out, right? And she knew a lot of people. So she would have guides. If she didn't know what she was doing, she would hire a guide. When she was in Poland, she would basically use the people she knew to, because she was a socialite. So she knew a lot of people. She would get information. She would um, give propaganda and news and information to them as well. And she would get people out that needed to get out. While she was in Budapest, she met and fell in love with Andrzejczyk Kowarski, ending her marriage to her husband at the time, whose name I finally added, and it's Jertski Gzicki. He had the same name as her father. 
Okay. Weird. Jerski. I don't know. Some Polish name. (laughs) Mike is going to be so upset. My hubby is part Polish. You should have had him like look at it and tell you how he to say it. He can't speak properly. it. He just pretends like he's hyper Polish. He's oh, not really. Okay. Although they were very compatible, her and Kowarski, they worked together for several years and had relations, but it never went beyond that. So they just kind of, you know, kept it professional sexual. They kept it PG. Yeah, very PG. James Bondish though, right? Yes. Like yes. And she did date Ian Fleming later on, so I don't know. She had, Christina had lots of lovers and relationships, but like never anything serious after this point. Around this time, whilst in Warsaw, she also entreated her mother to leave because she knew that it was getting intense and she knew kind of where it was heading. But her mom at the time was teaching an underground school and didn't want to leave the kids. Okay. Because she was kind of like like a figure for them, right? Right, right. She was eventually taken and never heard from. Oh. So she probably went into the camps. Yeah. So it's assumed. So Christina Scarbeck used the name Christine Granville. So if anybody's kind of looking into it, they might be able to find her under that name, a more anglicized name. At this point, she received training in coding, so like Morse code, wireless transmission, parachuting, weapons and explosives, as well as her most accomplished area of expertise, silent killing. Ooh, how do you mm-hmm. silent kill? I think it's like knives and hands. You just and sneak up. Do you get like one of those wire things and put it on someone's neck? And stuff like them? that. Yeah. She was known to wield a knife, apparently. Okay. Yeah, very well. And then her missions from this point on mainly included bringing information and propaganda to the Polish resistance, fact-finding missions, smuggling back information and codes, including a very important microfilm that she brought to Churchill with the Nazis' plans. So um, Churchill at one point apparently said she was his favorite spy. Ooh, that's fun. I mm-hmm. wish I was somebody's favorite spy. You, then you have to be a spy. I, I'm not very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I'm really loud and clumsy, and I can't stalk worth shit. So I don't know. I can lie. I can't do that either. I can do that. Can you? Yeah, but I, would, I wouldn't be very sneaky. No. No. But I'd be like, what? Like, I would just be able to tell a lie of why I was there. But. Well, I'm, I kind of talk about it a little bit. But like, one thing was that she, she was really quick on her feet and she was really adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she did get in messes from time to time and she was able to get out really well. And I, that's the only thing I would be good at, at being, like, quick on my feet and, like, yeah, plans and crap like that. But otherwise, I'd be useless. I could fight, too. I could kick the shit out of some I people. Think I think you could. I could, for yeah. sure. I have faith. Yeah. I could come <laughs> up between people and kill them with wires, like, <laughs> like you suggest. Um, I would just nag them to death. They would be like, oh, fine. Just leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah. At one time, she was actually imprisoned for, um, imprisoned with Kowarski. I, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Whatever. And I'm so tired. I've just, like, lost my mind. <laughs> She used her chronic lung condition to cough, like, excessively, and then she would bite her tongue, so it would appear that she was coughing up blood. Oh. And so with the fear of tuberculosis and it being catching or contagious, they just let them both go because they assumed that her partner had it as well. I wonder if I could use the diabetes to my advantage. Maybe. Probably not in modern day and time. They don't give a crap. But maybe back then. No, diabetes is also not contagious. So it's not. No, but you're screwed. Yeah. You're just going to go into a sugar coma in a a cell. Just work for me. Like, what? Come on, diabetes. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Where was I now? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So um, she also led a pivotal role in aiding the French resistance, even rescuing the leader and three others from prison at one point, too. Okay. So she used her wiles again and her cunning to get them released from prison. Right. 
Um, the, you can actually look up and read all these stories. There's lots of them, but I just wanted to talk about how cool she was. She sounds pretty cool. I want to be her friend. Yeah, well, can't be. No. This is a long time ago. So after the war, she she did have, she was heavily decorated, but she was not eligible for any military honors because at the time, women were not, right. sadly. And she did kind of apply to do other things, but they were like, no, we don't really need you anymore. And you they, have a vagina. Yeah, they gave, Sorry. Her, they gave her some money and said goodbye. No vajayjays allowed. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't really know what happened there. You know what I mean? Like she the things that she was the most useful for, they no longer really had the need of, I yeah. guess. She was she was pretty versatile, so she just started working. She did a few different odd jobs, but she ended up working on a cruise ship cleaning. Oh. And on the cruise cruise ship, she like was they were if you had medals from the war, they wanted you to wear them. So she wore the medals and they were like, well, how, how come she's so decorated? And people kind of were a little bit jealous, even though they were intrigued of her and they didn't treat her well. Um, but there was this guy, Dennis Mul- Muldowney, I think, I don't know how to say it, but he protected her um, and it speculated that they became lovers. And But Dennis, however, became obsessed and she broke it off with him. Oh. Yeah. So... <laughs> Page turn. <laughs> Very forceful. I know. Sorry. Um, in June 15th, 1952, I wrote Chris, because now we're best friends, had begun work as a steward on the Union Castle line. Um, she had returned from a voyage and she was staying at a hotel. But when she got back, she started to pack her things as she was going to meet up with Kowarski. They hadn't seen each other in a few years. Okay. And they were going to take a trip. But Dennis Muldowney had been watching slash stalking her the whole time. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Because he was obsessed. And uh, when he saw her loading her trunk, he decided to confront her and ask, like, how long she was going to be away. When she told him that she was going for a couple of years. Yeah. He wasn't too happy about it. So he stabbed her in the chest and killed her. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So not even, like, a good spy way. Not even, like, an enemy. She was in so many different, like, pickles and stuff in between, like, all of her spying. And she was just stabbed by this crazy, obsessed person. Yeah. She was, well, apparently she was beautiful and Mm -hmm. very sexual. And she was a Bond girl, like a... Yeah. An OG Bond girl, a real one. So, yeah, Dennis admitted to killing her. She was 44 at the time, although her passport claimed 37. Okay. And that's because she had papers from, you know, right. what I mean, the military. Yep. And, yeah, so Dennis was hanged on September 30th, 1952. And in 2013, a ceremony uh, marked a renovation of her grave by the Polish Heritage Society. And her trunk, including her um, SOE, Special Operations Executive... Issued dagger and medals are at the Polish Institute and Sikorsky Museum in London. Yeah. And then 2020, she also had a plaque put up as well somewhere. Yeah. I forget where. And that's the story of the first the female. First yeah, pretty like much. It. That's fun. Yeah, she was she was pretty badass. Pretty cool. I have some sources here. Okay, what are they? So I heard about it um, listening to the Noble Blood podcast, mm-hmm. and they do a really good story about it. So, like, if you want to hear, like, from point A to point B in her missions, that was a really good place to listen. I feel like we plug a lot of podcasts. On I know podcast. we do. <laughs> well, they should plug us someday um, because we listen, right? We're fans. Yeah. But that's um, when I heard it, it stuck with me. 
Like she, I was just, it's so cool. I feel like some people's stories need to be told a little more often. Yeah. And then, so my sources for these notes were militaryhistory.org, Encyclopedia of World Biography, Wikipedia, just for, you know, the odd stuff, and Gizmodo. <laughs> okay. Cool, right? I like it. Spies are awesome. They are awesome. Very sneaky. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you ready for mine? I am. Okay. I have no idea what you did. You didn't even, you just I know. showed up <laughs> to your own house. I just. I just opened it. Why didn't you even answer the door? You just walked into mm-hmm. my house. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am doing the story of the Ouija board. Ooh, cool. I know. I like it. Okay, so I'm going to say my sources now. Otherwise, I'll forget later. Okay. So I used hauntedwalk.com, baltimoremagazine.com, scarymommy.com, smithsonianmag.com, and thoughtcatalog.com. Oh, Smithsonian. Whoa. Yes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Set? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. With its simple board of letters and numbers and a planchette, the pointing device, the Ouija board has stood the test of time. It was first used as an innocent parlor game, fun for the whole family. It was, it was advertised as, (laughs) as the interest in spiritual rituals and talking to the deceased rose, talking boards became popular. In 1848, two sisters, Maggie and Kate Fox, claimed they received messages through taps on the walls. The sisters became well known for their gift, but it was later discovered their gift, I'm doing air quotes, was merely the result of the girls manipulating an apple on a string. Mm, The famous Fox sisters. Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. The sisters may have been found to to be frauds, but it was too late. America was hooked with the idea of communicating with the spirit world. In a time where the average lifespan was less than 50 years old, women died in childbirth, more children died of disease... And the Civil War, where many loved ones were killed in battle, people were desperate to know if if they if their loved ones had um, safely made it to the other side. People wanted to speak to these lo- to loved ones one more time and say their last "I love you." In 1890, Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, acted on stories he read in the Associated Press of boards with letters and numbers and a moving planchette that would move around the board, spelling answers to questions. Kennard was able to get investment capital from attorney Elijah Bond and surveyor Colonel Washington Bowie. Together, they started the Kennard Novelty Company to exclusively make and sell the boards. So they had a company, they had money to make the boards, but they still didn't have a name. Now, there are two theories on how the name came to be. The first is that the word Ouija, or Ouija, or whoever you want to say it, I think you can sort of say it both ways is a combination of the French and German words for yes. yes. So <laughs> we is the French and is the German ja or yeah. ja. Yeah. However, most people in, in the research that I found agreed that it was Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, no relation to me, <laughs> we're not related, even though it's Peters, who came up with the name. It's reported that she was a strong medium and while sitting at a table with the board, the group asked what it should be called. Peters was given the name Ouija or Ouija. How do you want me to say it? Ouija or Ouija? I mean, I was called a Ouija board. Okay, Ouija. Okay, we're going to go with Ouija. Okay. By the board, which was said to mean good luck. Some Hunbot's losing her shit right now. Probably. They're like, <laughs> no, it's this. Yeah. In order to get the patent for the game, the group knew they would have to prove the board worked. Oh, or his shit. Sorry. What? <laughs> oh, yes. Hers or his. Yes. Their shit. Their, yes. Okay, sorry. No, I just I, I just caught on to what you were talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. When the board was brought to the patent office, 
Bond had Peters communicate with the spirits on the board to spell the patent officer's name, which the the group didn't know the officer's name. Mm-hmm. They weren't told the spelling or anything. Sorry, they knew the name. They didn't know the spelling. Mm-hmm. So they had to show the spelling. Um, apparently, the spirits were on their side because the patent officer was said to be pale and quiet as he exited the meeting as if something supernatural had taken place. Bond was also awarded the patent for his quote-unquote toy, so obviously it worked. Or they saw the officer's name on a door or something. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it was just meeting room by officer. Who knows? Blah, blah, blah. The Ouija board was very successful, but Kennard and Bond sold their shares to William Fund, an employee and stockholder in the company. In 1898, Fund, with the blessing of Colonel Bowie, remember Colonel Bowie from the beginning? He was also one of the three. Mm-hmm. He was the last founder of the game and the majority shareholder. Fund was able to license the rights to make more of the boards or make the boards for himself. In 1927, Fund died. Is it Fund? Now I don't know what I... No, it's Fund. Died after a freak fall from the roof of his new factory. A factory that the board told him to build. Ugh, ew. I'm sweating. My boobs are sweating. I'm sweating now. My boobs will be sweating too. I'm sweating. (laughs) But for different reasons. Yes, I just have the tea sweats. I just have the, I actually have the chills, not the sweats. We should stop drinking tea. I feel like we talk about sweaty tea sweats all the time. The story is just making me. (laughs) <laughs> the 1920s saw some peak Ouija board popularity. With the end of World War I, people once again wanted to try and communicate with loved ones that they had lost. And fun fact, because... Fun facts are fun! Bing! It's even said that our own former... That our own Prime Minister, William Lyon Mackenzie King, would, partic- would particip- participate in the messaging of the board to contact loved ones and mentors. Hmm. Yeah, so even Canadian leaders yeah. got in on the Ouija board Which, action. You know, those guys that are super popular these days. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the board had constant ups and downs in popularity, but it was in 1973 when the movie The Exorcist came out that sales started to plummet and people were in a panic to rid their homes of the board. In the movie, the young girl Reagan becomes possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board. Throughout the, th- the 2000s, more books and movies were released that told of the dangers of the cursed board. The Ouija board has had a bit of a resurgence, and new generations are now discovering it. So, Because of podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. Podcasts and movies <laughs> and just they're rediscovering all the things. So, okay, I have rules of the Ouija. Ooh, there's rules. There's rules. Okay. Okay, just, sure. I'm with the just burn them and don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> but rule. Yeah, don't burn them. I am that. Yeah. Okay. Sure, you could just sit down with the board and start asking questions, but you would be wrong. There are certain rules you need to follow when partaking and communicating with the spirit world. Um, actually, one of the first rules is like you're supposed to cleanse the area with like mm-hmm. sage or something. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Never taunt the spirits. So don't, okay. make, don't make fun of them. But I feel like that's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. Never ask it when you are going to die. Okay. So. Because they'll tell you to build a factory and then push you off Maybe. it. Yes. Yeah. Spirits can tell you anything they want. They may try to win your trust by pretending to be a dead loved one. Do not trust the spirits. Oh. Yeah. Never use the board alone. The more people, the more energy. Okay. Uh, Do not use the Ouija board in your home. The spirit energy (laughs) will get trapped and you'll have a ghost. Yeah, man. I'm all for that. Yeah. I I think I was at my sister's house. I was like, we should play a Ouija board, but here at your house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
I'll bring it over. Yeah. I know I don't have one of those. Uh, do not ask, is it working? Or laugh at it. So again, don't taunt it. Mm-hmm. Do not ask joke questions. I was going to say, what if it tells you a joke? Can you laugh if it tells you a joke? If you don't maybe. laugh, will it get pissed off? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Have one person record the answers. Okay. Don't leave the planchet on the board. So don't leave. So... I think okay. if you if you have to like leave like to take a break or something, you're supposed to have someone stay and like keep their hands on it to maintain the energy. Okay. Yeah. Um. Always end your session by saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. I but, knew that for well, some reason. I don't know why. There you go. The location should be dark and free of noise. If a spirit stri- starts counting down or going through the alphabet, say goodbye and end the session. This is a malevolent spirit and it's trying to leave the board. what yeah um the same is true if the planchette starts making a figure eight you're supposed to say goodbye because that's also malevolent spirit okay um if you think you are in contact with malevolent spirit say goodbye and leave the space to sever the energy okay yeah if a a spirit identifies themselves as zuzu end the session this is malevolent spirit (laughs) Like very specific. Like this yes. one is like the Ouija yes. board and it's one. Z O Z O or Zozo Zuzu. I don't know. Um, yeah, I've heard of that that one. It's not a good one. Yeah. Do not use the board in a cemetery. Okay. Do not use the board if you are depressed. The energy attracts malevolent spirits. Okay. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of rules. Holy shit. And you're not gonna like this one because this is what you said you're gonna do. Never burn a oh, Ouija board. Oh man, I've never actually done it. <laughs> I've never actually burnt one, so I'm probably fine. Why? Probably just because of the energy that it has. Oh. It probably just gets released. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's my history of the Ouija board. I'll just lock it up with, like, the dolls at nighttime. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't want that in my house. No, neither do I. Do you have any Ouija boards? Have you ever used a Ouija board? In that, Yeah, growing up, we had a Ouija board at my, like, my, but I think my sister has had it in her closet or something like that, but. Yeah. I've definitely like partaken and not really had anything exciting happen. So yeah, but I wouldn't today. I don't believe in opening doorways that don't need to be open. Just leave them closed. Just leave them closed. I feel like there's a story. So I think my grandparents had a Ouija board and my one aunt is always like very weird when you talk to her about it. So Mm. I think she was using it one time with friends and I think stuff happened and it just like it got put away because she doesn't like to talk about it. So I'm very curious. Weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I've used a Ouija board a few times. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you have things happen? Did it spirit? No, like you? apparently it's, oh, what did, what was it called? I should have, I never write things down. I always read things. And I'm like, oh, I should write that down because mm-hmm. I'm going to want to talk about it. And then I'm like, no, I'll remember yeah. it. Yeah. But there's a word for it. And it's just, it's because everyone's sort of pushing the thing at once that nobody believes that it's them that's doing it. Yeah. But they are doing it. But everyone's kind of working together. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's that sort of sensation yeah so. I don't know like I, be- I, d- I believe in mediums and stuff like I think that if you want better answers to talk to a medium yeah I see and I know things sometimes like, I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast but no I yeah like I can I have some powers that I don't that I try to push away and don't deal with but like okay like I can you don't have to talk about it so well, I'll give an example I think my sister's still listening to this podcast or not but like she works somewhere where like this little girl this little child ghost like followed her home oh and she didn't really know the story of the child ghost at the time but like she had seen the ghost and she was aware of what it was and what it looked like in her mind's eye Mm -hmm. and like my my nieces did too Mm -hmm. and then like it was verified by like the people from where she worked 
oh that there is a ghost there that's like this exact thing <laughs> so my family kind of has that ability to like in your mind's eye see exactly what it is yeah not necessarily communicate so I could see why we would be interested per se mm-hmm. but whenever we feel something that like we don't think is supposed to be around we just say like you're in the wrong place go home yeah not go home but we well, try to like sage and cleanse and stuff say, like right? that but I really try to push it away it's something I don't want to mm-hmm. actually see which is I know it sounds dumb because we have this podcast and I'm interested <laughs> but I don't actually want to <laughs> see or like be involved right because I think it's like the ghost whisperer the more you indulge it the more you see and mm-hmm. things are attracted to you and oh, I don't do that well that's because the more open you are to it yeah then the more you can sort of communicate, right? Yeah. It's but like, I think they also know, like, by your energy, right? It's like in Beetlejuice when um, Lydia is like, I too am strange and unusual. And it says that the living ignores the strange yeah. and unusual. Yeah. So that's why the Deets is we're ignoring the ghosts. Yeah. But that's why Lydia could, could see, see them, them because she is also yeah. strange and unusual. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about that on this podcast. Too. I don't care. We're, we're <laughs> no, going to talk about it again. No, I know. I think it's cool. I th- it's relevant to the current conversation. Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, like I totally, it's not something, I feel like I sound crazy when I, when I talk about it, unless I'm, I mean, this podcast is for believers, I guess. Yeah. People (laughs) who have an interest in the supernatural-ishness. I like that we were talking about stories, like your, your, you said it was your aunt, right? Yes. Like it happened to a friend of a friend. So pertinent to our, exactly to our podcast. It all comes full circle. Yeah. So what was your throwback? Well, now I have a different one, but I am going to use mine, but because it has a board game involved in mine too. But do you remember that game with the video? Oh my God. What the gatekeeper? Oh yes. That's yes. Horrifying game that you like played played the video on, but I know what you're talking about. With the keys and all that stuff. Like I remember that was a terrifying game. Yes. I'm going to have to find out what that is. Just I don't have my Google phone. It. I'll grab it. You do your throwback first. Okay. I, I would Google mine, but I have my Google open to what my throwback is. Oh, okay. Because I didn't write it down. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to remember these. Maybe okay. if I show you the picture, you will. Okay. So my throwback is Topps Bubblegum Juice Cartons. So oh, yes, was, I did. Yeah, I you do. know these? So they're like the little juice cartons, and they had like the little bubblegum rock things mm-hmm. and they were really good my favorite was the pink lemonade ones and yeah that's... I don't remember like how they tasted or anything like that I do know what you're talking about though okay as long as you know what I'm talking about yeah actually when I was looking for a throwback I found the oatmeal with this <gasps> jelly stuff that you were talking you about. did yeah it was in like things that 90s kids will remember or whatever it was in a throwback really article. yeah <laughs> I'm like oh this is what Megan was talking about <laughs> um I do I know that I think you can still get those cartons, can't you? I, I don't cartons? know. I haven't been to like a legit candy store or maybe in like those, maybe in like the little candy stores in Meg on the Lake or something. I haven't seen one in forever, but that's just because I'm not looking for them. Yeah. So maybe if I actually tried to look, I would maybe find them. I can't find the game. We'll have to talk about it next time. Oh my goodness. I know. I don't know. I don't know. Old horror board games atmosphere is that it no atmosphere well the guy looks the same but it looks newer nope not that either okay so I'll tell you what mine was and mine was because I was watching it the other day was are you afraid of the dark (gasps) I love that show oh my gosh Ryan Gosling was on an episode of it so was Amanda 
Yes. Laura Bertram. Is that her name? Laura Bertram from yes. Ready or Not? Yeah. I, I know you're a fan. Ready or Not podcast. Are you? Mm-hmm. Shut up. I know. That's so exciting. I'm very excited. Um, I can't believe it. It's like all happening for you. I know. <laughs> My life has meaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was... They're so good, and I can't wait until, like, my kids, because he does like that stuff, until he's old enough that, like, I can rewatch them all with him. But they have, like, new ones. They have new Are You Afraid of the Dark, like, oh, really? 2020. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. I haven't watched it, but, um, like, I wanted to be a member of the Midnight Society or have my own Midnight Society so bad. But Do you know the stuff that they threw on it was uh, dehydrated? It was, like, milk powder. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, I feel like it's like a Canadian rite of passage for actors. It's called Atmosphere the Gatekeeper. Okay, Isn't that yeah. what it's called? I think so. Is, I said atmosphere, yeah. Did you say atmosphere? Yeah. I feel like, no, no. It's, it was called Nightmare. Oh, really? Is that what it was called? I think atmosphere is like the new version of it. Maybe was it, it this? Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, so this is yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare. Okay, Nightmare. I'm glad that oh we God. figured this out together. <laughs> I like want to play this game, but I'm I'm too scared still as an We adult. got there. <laughs> took a while it was a nightmare I, it truly was a night. that's a good one I, I I hope people stuck with us for that um, yeah <laughs> thank you if you did oh yeah so I had an are you afraid of the dark so what, video game what or I mean your... video game board game oh really? too. yeah what was your favorite are you afraid of the dark I don't know I just watched the one where he likes is being haunted by this ghost of the girl who's looking for her dead boyfriend. Okay. And, and he, I watched the whole episode because I remembered it and I remember loving it. And it turns mm-hmm. out in the end, he was the dead boyfriend. Oh. And it was his sister. Like his sister was seeing him and like he was like talking to her about like this ghost or whatever. And she's trying to help him realize that he died too. So they yeah. could be together. That was a good one. Do you remember any episodes? I liked the one. I think actually that Laura Bertram was in. Where she like went to her cousin's house or something and she like there's the girl trapped in the mirror. Oh yeah, that one's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one. And then there was the one where the girl I don't know if she was at her friend's house or something, but she started turning into a doll. Yeah, I remember that so one too. That one. And there's one where she, one turn like she's beautiful and she turns into an old hag. Yep. That was a good one. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? I know. I loved it too. And I know that they had movies kind of a few years back that I didn't really watch. But it's I can't believe it's out again. I don't know if so I like cool. that. I don't know how I feel about that. That's like the babysitter's club. You're like, eh, I don't know. I'm old now. Yeah. I don't I don't like reboots. I'm just glad that people our age who grew up with those things are like, I need to pass this on to the next generation. Yeah. And like. I think Are You Afraid of the Dark was on Netflix a little while ago, like maybe a few years back. And I think I watched them. Really? Yeah. It was Canadian. I don't even know if they had it in the States. They must have had it in the they States. They did. Yeah. Did they? Because I know some podcasts that I listen to, they talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that that guy who does the um the weather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he was also in Ready or Not as well. Yeah. He's like. They were all like it was. And they were all in it together. Bodies. Yeah, and the the cute guy who was the guy, like the guy in the episode I was just talking about. I think he was like Busy's brother in Ready or Not too. Dom. Yeah, I love the him. cute one. Fab Filippo or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him now. He's also in an episode of Buffy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Buffy. Me too. So <laughs> we're not <laughs> superstitious. This was a quick episode. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we went through it so quickly. Well, that's okay. It was good because I think our banter at the end was, we had a lot to, to, like, the last two weeks we were like, do you know what it is? No, I don't know what it is. Okay, it was great. Here's here's another thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
and this time we're both like all over it yeah. <laughs> so it was good it's okay it's a nice short episode for everybody to love yes okay so carry on so we're not superstitious but we're a little stitious bye bye